1: home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat.
0: Okay, top six in Toronto. Padres leading the Blue Jays 6-1 for the Elks. Linebacker Niles Morgan, very good player, will not be available for Thursday's game in Winnipeg. It's on 6.30, Chat to countdown to kickoff at 5, game at 6.30. Having some fun chat tonight as well about the American teams that were in the Canadian Football League. I put out as an off-topic topic, did any of you ever go to a CFL game in the States? We had two respondents, both on the telephone. James said he went to a game in Vegas Horst said he and some buddies drove straight from Red Deer to Sacramento. I think he said 26 hours in the uh, summer of, uh, I guess it would have been 1993, to go to a Sacramento Gold Miners game. Uh, So we don't have any respondents for Shreveport. I don't think anybody went to Shreveport, not even Shreveportians. What do you call someone from Shreveport? A Shreveporter? A Shreveportian? I don't know, but Chris Cuthbert has that story about Shreveport that you were talking about the other night. Very, very, uh, Very good story. What do you call, I'm Googling this right now, what do you call someone from Shreveport? Uh, it says Shreve Porter. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> and then you got Birmingham, Memphis. We're all in the league.
1: We were supposed but, to have was, Miami out of that but, too, right? But. Yeah,
0: there were some other. Jackson, Mississippi was supposed to have a team. Uh, There's a couple other ones. All right, let's go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Jamie Nye, former member of the 630 Chet Sports Department, now host of the Green Zone on CG uh, CJME Radio in Regina. Hi, Jamie. What's going on?
1: Great, how's it going? Oh, the days of the Birmingham Barracudas and the Memphis Mad Dogs and the Shreveport Pirates, and oh, my colleague Daryl Davis has some stories of those road trips back in the day. Okay, we'll uh, have to have, them, have them on those? this summer. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. He uh, he uh did he say? I don't think they got shot at, but. Uh, they got. They said they turned, took a right turn when they should have took a left turn, and the for when they got back to the stadium, they was like, "Wow, you survived! Congratulations!" Uh, <laughs> pr- proud of you. Uh, so, yeah.
0: Uh, now you're obviously old enough to remember uh, those teams and some of those games. No, you're not yeah, old enough. Remember, yet.
1: remember. Okay. Oh no! I like. Oh, I was. I remember a season ticket holder. Uh, the Sacramento Gold Miners came up here. Uh, I remember one game. I can't remember who it was, but I, their kicker was Carlos Huerta. Was that Baltimore? Uh, but uh, but I remember there was one game where the – I don't know what a coach was coaching, but their punter got hurt, so they lined up in field goal formation, formation instead of punt formation at, like from, like, the 30-yard line because the kicker couldn't punt, but he could kick off a tee. Right. So they lined up in field goal range from, like, their own 40 and just let her buck. And it was like, what is happening right now? Uh, so, yeah, it was – there were some interesting times uh, with uh, the um, the American expansion.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, some I, I don't know if they're good memories. There's some odd memories. And, I mean, I, we're now uh, old enough that we have some – well, I do anyway – some younger colleagues who are kind of like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. I'd heard about that. That really happened. It's like, yes, it's Dave, Campbell. Oh, yeah. Dave Campbell and I aren't sitting there making up stories about American CFL teams in the sports department.
1: <laughs> Did you tell him to go watch Dennis Casey Park's national anthem in Vegas? Yeah, it's the to the, uh, I, with the Saskatchewan where, Rough Riders where, 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 when, he, when he sang it to the tune of Oh, yes, that, that has already oh, been brought Canada, up. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. I'd love that you
0: know the guy's oh, name. Have good. you ever interviewed
1: him? No. I have not. I think his name's like Dennis Bartholomew or something like that, but he was a Vegas lounge singer. And then and then the Tiger Cats invited him back to Canada to do it right, and he did it.
0: Oh, I don't even remember that. That's, well, so it's a happy story.
1: Yeah. The, the Tiger Cats said, hey, come back up here. You sing another national anthem. And he did it, and he nailed it. And all was forgiven.
0: Well, that's that's a nice story. I didn't know that. See, you're, you're a wealth of CFL knowledge, which is why we wanted to have you on the show tonight. Um, uh, let me start here, because some, sometimes I, I take, I, I'll tell you a secret, okay? And I know you used to work mm-hmm. here, so you know what the environment is like in this part of the country. <laughs> There's a lot of rider fans here, even though it's not Saskatchewan. Sometimes I like to take little jabs at the riders or rider nation, even though I respect their passion. But I said the other day that the Riders might be a little lucky not just to have three wins, but to have any wins if you look at how those games have gone. Your, your perspective.
1: Yeah, you're right. Like, I, 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 they're three plays away from being 0-5. Uh, like, that's the reality of it. They're three plays away. The goal line stop against the Edmonton Elks, the C.J. Sims boneheaded play to give up the single, uh, and Taylor Cornelius throwing behind the receiver and having Nick Marshall pick it off is also in that one. And then double overtime, anything could have happened against the Calgary Stampeders, and they're 0-5, just like that. It is It, it is true, but those things did happen and they are three and two Uh, but that's why I picked Calgary last week and I took of course I took flack for it oh you traitor picking a stamp over the riders and I go ha 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 I was right because the Stampeders were underrated at one and three the riders I felt were overrated at three and one going into that game and here we are with the three and two riders after a loss to Calgary but the bigger loss is Trevor Harris.
0: Okay, so now I was surprised because the headlines I saw yesterday basically said pretty bad injury, but they're not ruling him out for the season. So what's going on?
1: They're being very optimistic, is what's going on, uh, Reed, because uh, he's he's done for the season. Like you you read up on uh, a tibial plateau fracture. And it is, he won't walk for at least six weeks, like no weight on it at all, uh, for at least six weeks. Could be up to 12 weeks. It all depends on how it's feeling. And then after that, it is slow to like, okay, that's not like six weeks and oh, I can run again. No, you go on a treadmill and you walk very slowly just to make sure it you don't have any relapses. So that's probably going to be a week two or three. So now we're at 9 weeks, okay? At the bare minimum. And then you start building up the muscle again to get going and strengthen that knee around. Like we're we're already talking into no, like October, late October, November and like come on. I know they're being really optimistic and Trevor Harris takes really good care of himself, but I'll be shocked if Trevor Harris throws a ball in 2023. Well,
0: so would I. And again, I mean he didn't I'm glad you kind of described the injury in a little more detail and I, I saw the play and how much the discomfort he was in and he had to be carted off the field. So this but they're going with Mason Fine, who has played before, and quarterbacks is one of the themes that I want to talk to you about because a guy, maybe even the most hardcore Ottawa Red Black fans, I know I know he'd played a little bit, didn't know much about help to win a game against Winnipeg. Does Saskatchewan have a player who can step in without missing? missing a beat.
1: Uh, I don't know about missing a beat because we haven't seen it from Mason fine. Like this is his third year. He's been through the 2021 season where they didn't really have preseason games, so he didn't get really a lot of time there uh, to, in his rookie season and then spot duty a little bit, but then 20 last year he came in for those final two games. Uh, to start against the Calgary Stampeders. Unfortunately for him, the team had given up on each other by that point. Like they'd given up on Cody Fajardo. Dickinson had given up on Fajardo. And there's poor Mason Fine who has to start two games where everybody around him isn't really that enthused that they couldn't just call it a day and go home two weeks early. So I thought he was put in a bad spot there for those two starts. So this is, re- I would give him, this is the real opportunity now. For Mason Fine, and after you know being here for three uh, three years, it's make it or break it time for him in Saskatchewan because uh, the, they have a team, they have a coach and a GM who are on their final year of their contract. They need to win uh, to keep their their jobs for next year. So they're going to be looking real quick to Jake Doligala or Shea Patterson to see if they're better. If Mason Fine doesn't now, Mason Fine's going up against BC and Toronto in his first two games. So uh, I'm not holding out hope that he's going to do what Dustin Crum did against Winnipeg. But uh, we haven't seen the it factor from Mason Fine, although it, it did look all right uh, against the Calgary Stampeders um, in that one touchdown drive uh, where I thought he picked them apart pretty good. So uh, it was interesting today, though, Read the offensive coordinator. I didn't even think of this. Because they hadn't assigned Trevor Harris when they named Kelly Jeffrey. They didn't even have Trevor Harris on their radar. Everybody thought he'd just go back to Montreal. So when Kelly Jeffrey designed his offense, he was planning for an offense in the early going around Mason Fine. You're right, because he was the only real quarterback they had. So he was looking at Mason Fine's strengths and how to build an offense around him already. So he's kind of excited about it because he knows Mason well, studied him and has a game plan that he thinks will fit his style. So we'll see if it pays off against BC in week one.
0: Okay, well, that's uh, that's interesting. That's a, that's an interesting note that they were, they were game planning for him before they got Trevor Harris. Quarterbacks around the league. Now, it's a big discussion in Edmonton. Elks haven't won a game. Cornelius has not been good. I want Daigie. A lot of people want Trey Ford. When Loxley was still on the team, I was saying, I don't know, try Loxley at this point. And I look around the CFL and I see Kalaros and then maybe a bunch of guys jockeying to be uh, a distant number two. Now, maybe I'm a little jaded, though, because I'm covering a team, talking about a team daily that that doesn't really have a quarterback. But it seems to me that the quarterback position around the league is not as strong as it was even eight or nine years ago. It's certainly not as strong as it was 20 years ago. And that is concerning to me. You're, You're immersed in it even deeper than I am. I, I, am I barking up an appropriate tree?
1: Well, uh, are, are the Yelks 0-6? Are, are they They haven't won a game That's still? correct, sir. They still haven't won a Saskatchewan game. Hasn't, Saskatchewan hasn't noticed. Really? Oh, that's too bad for the evil empire. We feel so sorry for you. <laughs> all right. Winning all those Grey Cups in the 80s. That's terrible news. Um, but when it comes to the quarterback, hey, you said you were giving it to the Ryder fans earlier. I can give it to the Yelk fans right back. Um, so... The quarterbacks, let's see, um, 2012-ish, let's go around the league. Travis Lule was in B.C. Um, It was Henry Burris was in the league. Ricky Ray was in the league. Anthony Calvillo, Darian Durant. Um, uh, You you go on and on, and these are like Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Who's a Hall of Fame quarterback? Kalaros. In this league right now. Kalaros. I think he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah? Yeah, that's it. But if you put Kolaros up against some of those quarterbacks I named it's still like oh, mm, that, okay yeah you, ten, you, 10 years ago list, 10 right? years
0: ago he might have been a bottom third quarterback and still been very good
1: Well 10 years ago I think he was backing up he was the third stringer behind Oh no,
0: I uh, yeah, I'm saying if you took but him whatever. now in his prime and put oh, yeah. him yeah, yeah, put yeah. him in the uh, Ray Calvillo, Burris Lule Dickinson whatever category then yes he's still very very good
1: but not as good but that but that's where I was going with this Be, behind Ricky Ray you had Kalaros and Harris uh, behind guys and you had uh, like Kevin Glenn was like a backup quarterback and uh, and a start but a starting caliber backup quarterback um and then you had like Bo Levi Mitchell was coming up behind uh, Kevin Glenn or uh, like in Calgary and those types of guys like and then it, you just you had even backups who Had promise, and now you're like, who the who are these guys? They're terrible, like, and that's that's what happens when the NFL increases their roster, and you're allowed more quarterbacks, and that takes up a bunch of jobs, and then the XFL and the USFL, and guys stay down there, and it's like sixty less quarterbacks, professional quarterbacks, on the market for the CFL to pluck from. It's a problem, and that's what, like I'm cheering for Mason Fine. I'm cheering for you know Taylor Powell and Hamilton. I'm cheering for Dustin Crum because it's good for the league. For the like, I want Trey Ford or Jarrett Daggy to show well, like because the league needs these quarterbacks to start to show that there's something exciting coming up. Because Trevor Harris is almost done. Bo Levi Mitchell is done. Zach is isn't, you know, a spring chicken anymore. So who's coming that excites people? Like people are dealt Vernon Adams Jr. But, and, but it's like, thankfully, Chad Kelly is showing some promise. Although, you know, he has his eyes on the NFL still, uh, despite turning 30 soon. Like the league needs it because, and they need a shot in the arm because we went through a golden age of quarterbacks 10 years ago. And right now it's like, Ooh, they're the talent—it's like a talent drain has gone from the Canadian Football League at its most important position because it is such a strong throwing league, and if you don't have quarterbacks throwing, and I also think about this. So, sorry, to, on a diatribe, I also think about this. Look at the head coaches around the league right now. You have defense. In Edmonton, defensive coach in B.C., you have a special teams coordinator in Saskatchewan and in Ottawa. Mike O'Shea is kind of a hybrid defensive coach. Orlando Steinauer, defensive coach in Hamilton. Like, yes, the offensive coordinators are quarterbacks, but before it seemed like there was way more offensive minds running the show, and I'm wondering if that's part of it as well where defensive coaches and special teams coaches are taking over and being way more conservative thinking let's have defense win the games rather than the offense.
0: That's a good point. I never thought of that, but how many head coaches have a defense or special teams background and do you ever really shake that mentality as that part of the game being your priority? That is that is a really good point
1: because well, well Chris Jones has no chance. He well, lo- he loves making wide receivers, defensive ends, or linebackers, or DBs.
0: Right. And then also we have the McAdoo factor, which you and I have discussed ad nauseum for about nine years now. (laughs) 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 It's nothing like a three-yard pass when you're on second and ten. Nothing like it.
1: Safe is death, in my opinion. And uh, I've seen too much safe lately in the CFL.
0: Uh, you know, Dave Campbell made a point today that um, it was something like, I think it was Danny McManus's first year in Edmonton because he came here for 96 and 97, and he was the obvious starter. I'm just trying to see if I can confirm the stats because, as you know, the CFL stats site uh, ain't always that great. Uh, yes, 1996, Danny McManus was the unquestioned starter for Edmonton. Yeah. And he threw for over—he threw for almost forty-five hundred yards. He had nineteen touchdowns and twenty-seven interceptions. If you want to see how the mentality has changed about chucking the football,
1: <laughs> yeah. And he got—and he got absolutely jobbed in the nineteen-ninety-six Grey Cup on a third-and-one gamble where Doug Flutie bleep and fumbled. I've never seen Ron Lancaster angrier ever in my life than that fumble that should have been for the anyways Uh, but but it just shows like it
0: it just shows you the perception of because he's because Danny McManus now I know this is what almost 30 years ago 27 years ago he has a 53 percent completion percentage he's minus eight touchdown to interceptions and he was one of the best quarterbacks
1: in the league unquestionable but who was his head coach uh uh, Lancaster Ron Lancaster yeah Ron, Lang- look at Ron Lancaster's career numbers. He he was a guy who treated interceptions like a punt. He didn't care. It's like we'll get the ball back. I'll go score a touchdown. Like, it, that was his mentality. Is hey, throw the ball, like it, get it downfield. If it's picked off, so what? Like try try to do something with it rather than you know dink and dunk your way down the field. That's uh, like he he threw a bunch more interceptions than touchdowns. I want to say in. in Ron Lancaster's career, so that but that won't fly right now with defensive coaches because they don't want their defense to be pinned up against it like uh, right now. So that's I I wonder how much of the mentality is like look at Jason Moss, he was the head coach. I love that play call, second and one, let's do a little trickery, drop back, throw it, some innovation and stuff like that. I I love that call from Jason Moss uh, with Montreal against Toronto the other night uh with cody fujardo so i i wonder if that's part of it too that we're seeing a little bit more conservative yeah coaching
0: but i i love how you put that about a, an interception being a punt depends where it is but to me if you throw a long pass on second and 10 and it gets intercepted 40 yards down the field who cares that's where the punt's going to wind up, you know. That's to me. That's mm-hmm. not. A, that's not a costly turnover. Uh, Ron Lancaster. So I found this site, StatsCrew.com, because you can't trust CFL.ca to bring you stats for its own league. Uh, Ron Lancaster. He played a long time. 333 career touchdown passes. 396 interceptions. He was minus 63 touchdowns <laughs> to interceptions, and obviously one of the. Well, he'd be one of the top ten players of all time, is he not? So, anyway, the mentality well, has and, changed. But,
1: oh, absolutely it has.
0: Uh, 54.3 completion percentage for Lancaster. He was over 60% twice in his career. Wow.
1: I'm glad you brought that up. This, well, was, that, was this was a, f- that, that was a new era, though. Like, Ronnie Lancaster was, like, the first guy who was, like, throwing for near 4,000 yards. I don't know if he ever got over 4,000 yards in a single season, but before Ronnie, it was like Russ Jackson threw for 3,200 yards and led the league, or 2,700 yards. Like, it was a very... You know, give the ball to George Reed, Right. <laughs> Normie Clone, Get out of the way. Uh, yeah. Type CFL rather than gunsling it. All right. As always,
0: Jamie, this was a wide-ranging and entertaining conversation. Thank you for spending part of your Tuesday evening with us here at your old station.
1: I just, I just want to check in. They're 0-6? When's the last time they won
0: they, 0? They, It's uh It's been quite a while, actually. I, I heard it's been 20, <laughs> 20 games, but I'll have to confirm.
1: <laughs> no, I thought it was 1,300. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> All
0: right. You know I hate the days thing. That's lazy reporting. <laughs> But it has, it has been a uh, while.
1: Your good friend, your your good friend Drew Romando, always says that. No, it's twenty games. It's not. So he agrees with you on that. By the way.
0: Well, the so, thing is, there go. yeah. As and as we know, nobody played games in twenty twenty. So everybody started twenty twenty one with about a six hundred day winless streak. So yeah. Anyway, uh, you're the best, Jamie. We'll do this again, buddy. Always appreciate it, Reed. Jamie and I check it in, but a uh, well, we talked about a bunch of stuff. CFL teams in the States, Ron Lancaster. We went all over the map. It's Inside Sports on Chet.